This is the Whole Mind Podcast. We are three therapists who love Jesus and want to encourage and educate you about the mind. We are Grace, Wendy, and Candace. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Whole Mind Podcast. We are really excited about the episode we have for you today. Uh, Grace here is going to be sharing mostly about her journey with OCD, and we are going to share some more about what OCD is, what it is not, um, and help you get a better understanding of the diagnosis of obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. So we are all three here with you, Candice, Grace, and Wendy, and we are really excited to uh, hear from Grace specifically as she really shares her heart and her experiences, and hopefully you can... Um, either learn something for yourself or learn how to relate better to someone in your life who might have this diagnosis. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Candice, can you start us by sharing a little bit of what OCD is? Yeah, absolutely. We can give a broad overview before we really get into Grace's story. So basically, obsessive compulsive disorder is a mental illness that affects people of all ages and backgrounds. It really doesn't discriminate against Mm -mm. any sort of person. Um, So basically what it looks like is a person gets caught in like a cycle of obsessions and compulsions. So obsessions deal with your thoughts. These are like unwanted, intrusive thoughts, images, or urges that just like trigger a lot of distress. Mm -hmm. And for some examples of what obsessions might look like, Contamination, which I feel like people usually think of when they think of obsessive compulsion disorder, like you don't want to touch something because it might contaminate you, it might get you sick, something like that. Um, checking is another um, really popular one that people think of, like you have to go back to your house like 50 times before you can actually leave to make sure that all the lights are turned off. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a medical thing, like um, feeling like there's always something wrong with you. Um, loss of control. Um, so like that fear of impulsively doing something to like harm yourself or others or um, like act out in a way that would be like unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, a religious thing. So that's like, I never pronounce this word right. <laughs> Scrupiosity. Oh, so close. <laughs> it's a hard word, okay. but it's a fun word. And C.S. Lewis talks about it a lot, actually. Oh, cool. Um, scrupulosity. 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 Like I don't scruple. know if I've ever heard that word before. Yeah, could you define it for us? Well, basically, it just deals with like religious obsession and like the doubting and the the second guessing and the like the need to have certainty with God's will or salvation okay. or um, any honestly anything and everything that can be about being good and being in God's will um, mm. with religion whatever your religion is a lot of this is seen with Christianity though um, but it doesn't discriminate against any th- background. So Yeah, any background or any religion then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in short, it's like constantly trying to like earn the, the thumbs up approval of like the deity that you worship then. Pretty much, pretty okay. much, yeah. All right, wow, okay. well thank you for that word pronunciation <laughs> and that definition. I learned something new today, so uh-huh. As did I. Um, so more common obsessions um, is harming others. So like kind of like we had already mentioned, like losing control and just lashing out and hurting someone. Um, or even unwanted sexual thoughts. So that could be anything and everything sexual that you don't want to mm-hmm. think of. Yeah. Can I go back to that harming Absolutely. others? I want to clarify, and I'm not sure if you did, but it's more about the thought of harming someone, not actually lashing out. Yes. Yeah, like the fear of yes. harming someone. Yes. yes. So I wanted to say that to make sure that that's communicated correctly. So OCD isn't like someone just 
harming people. Like going out stabbing someone like compulsively without their um, under, yeah, so it's not, not a fear of going out it's and the fear of doing that. The mental someone. like it's all of, very much yeah. like a, a thing that happens in your head, not just mm-hmm. you yeah, would you would never do it. So not to give yeah. anyone reassurance, not even to give myself reassurance, mm. but someone with OCD never ever wants to do the things that pop into their head. They hate these thoughts. They want to get rid of these thoughts. So it's and always it's, the visual image. It's extremely rare that someone actually does act on whether or not they want to. That they actually do act yeah, on. Yeah, even right? if they don't have OCD and an angry thought pops in. Yeah, like uh, most of the time we're like, I need to walk away or I'm gonna like do something you right. know, people can can call that out and they work through it it's not something yeah. that you want to think about but it's something that you're thinking about and that's the like yep compulsion yeah. side of it okay yes. so you have you want to that's the obsession part of it and then yeah. the sorry compulsion. sorry I switched that backwards sorry <laughs> the obsession oh. <laughs> is what's going on in your head yeah I'm still learning how to read folks thank you <laughs> <laughs> hooked on phonics words are hard <laughs> we're trying to figure out the hooked words here phon- yes obsessions are the thoughts <laughs> anyways okay so next are the compulsion side of OCD so compulsions are anything that an individual does in an attempt to get rid of the obsessions that are going on in their head or like reduce the distress mm-hmm. so some common compulsions that you might see um, is like washing and cleaning um, that's like a lot of what the media kind of portrays as mm-hmm. OCD um, it might be checking so like going back making sure the lights are off in your house a billion times um repeating things like um almost like ritually having to do something over and over again like tapping tapping you have to tap five times after Mm -hmm. that's ocd right yeah, yeah I, I can. I mean, it, it's literally anything that would be repeating. Like, so yeah. I don't experience the tapping compulsion, but like, no. I'll reread my text, my at my emails, my um, anything that I'm writing. I'll reread it like 10, 15, 20 times. Mm-hmm. Like, and I really have to curb that and stop that. But mm-hmm. so that's my repeating. But it can be literally anything and everything that would be mm-hmm. repeating to avoid something that your obsessions are telling you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Another might be mental compulsion, so like praying or mentally reviewing to make sure that like you didn't do anything bad. So almost like going back over a conversation or like your day, I would assume, and like really checking to make sure you didn't say or do anything wrong mm-hmm. during that. Or harmed um, anyone. Or harmed anyone. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. if I if I like push someone and then they fell like like if I just like gently tapped Wendy's shoulder and like she kind of like stumbled over her legs a little bit, I'd be like logically. Oh, yeah, that wasn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. But obsessionally would be like, but what if this happened? What if that? And what if this? And like, Mm -hmm. what if like I'm the reason why she could have had like a concussion and like. Okay, yeah. So so, just like really. Yeah. um, Expands. It it expands. Yes, that's a good way of saying it. Okay, yeah. Um, And then another common compulsion um, is like confessing or reassurance seeking. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that from you, Grace. Yeah, so especially with. Um, I think maybe some of the um, like harm and religious themes, at least I'm speaking with my experience too. Um, I would love always to just confess to Derek like my thoughts. Be like, I had this thought and I had that thought, which then kind of turns into like reassurance seeking. Like, am I still a good person? Like, am mm-hmm. I still me? Um, am I still a good Christian? Like, or reassurance seeking about the text message I write. Like, hey, do you think it's okay that I said this? Hey, do you think. Um, this family member is going to be okay with me saying this. And like, do you mm-hmm. think this makes sense? And like, I, and I ask you guys that a lot too, mm-hmm. where I'm like, does this make sense? 
um, and that is reassurance seeking as well. And I'm guessing in in the terms of OCD, it's exemplified more than kind of your normal. Yes. Or like what the what someone without OCD would experience is like, hey, is this okay? Like, is it okay if I said this? Mm-hmm. Occasionally asking someone else, it's more like the compulsion and the yeah. the need for that. I get really consistent angry at Derek when he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. But he's learned not to, and we'll get into that later. But mm-hmm. like, I feel so much distress sometimes mm-hmm. if I'm not working on it because he won't, and I like feel physically like I need it to be mm-hmm. okay. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't. Right. But that's part of the compulsion. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. It's a huge one. Yeah, I know another huge one is avoidance. Mm -hmm. That's um, a really big theme of compulsions as well. Yeah, anything that would cause you distress, you don't want to experience that. But then you also miss out on life if you keep avoiding anything that would trigger you. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So those are um, a broad overview of what some obsessions and compulsions could be. I'm sure it really just depends on the person who's experiencing them, mm-hmm. um, what manifests and how they manifest. So this is more of an um, example. And I know that there is a quote that Grace wanted to share, and I think it's super cool. Yeah. Sorry, so, so this quote I really liked, it's by David Adam, and he wrote a book called The Man Who Couldn't Stop, OCD and the True Story of a Life Lost in Thought. Um, and he says... People with OCD drag around a metal sea anchor wherever they go and no one really knows. Um, I really like that visual of a metal sea anchor. It's so big and it's so heavy, um, but it feels invisible to the rest of the world. And and Mm. I think that is is true of my experience and those that I work with. Do you feel like that quote rings true to you? Mm -hmm. You can relate to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and lots of people... When I tell them this, they're like, I had no idea. Like, you don't seem like this at all. Because mm, it's invisible to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Wendy, um, how does this develop and, and who gets OCD? No one's really sure about how it develops. Um, possibly equal parts trauma, genetics, biology, developmental issues. It's kind of a, a conglomeration of different things that can contribute to um developing OCD. Mm-hmm. Men and women can get it equally. It's not gender specific or um, there are some some diagnoses or disorders where it's a higher likelihood of men than women or whatever, but OCD mm-hmm. is not one of those. Right. And like Candace said, it doesn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, there's a, a term medically induced OCD, which I had not really heard of before talking about this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but OCD, full-fledged OCD, or maybe just components of OCD, can be brought on by yeah. infections, hormonal changes, pregnancy, postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that, as we were talking about before we started recording, I think I may have experienced some in my postpartum anxiety. I think I had talked about that before on the podcast. Um, and I think there may have been a hint of OCD with that as well. Yeah. Um, Just like the intrusive thoughts and like being like, where is mm-hmm. this coming from? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that can be a component of it too. So it's a good thing to be aware of that mm-hmm. if you are finding yourselves dealing with some of these thoughts and you just had some sort of medical um, 
surgery, mm-hmm. an infection, illness, pregnancy, mm-hmm. or something with your hormones kind of getting out of whack. That yeah. could Basically anything that would like change the way that your body is working or could work. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's really knows. important to get your, your hormones and just the things that are either over or under regulated mm-hmm. in check mm-hmm. um, for anything, but specifically if you're noticing some of these things. Yep. Yeah. What exactly does go on in the brain with OCD? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to talk for hours about this <laughs> because there's a lot, actually. If you want, you can follow Doc Amen on Instagram. He talks about what's going on in the brain. Um, but I think the biggest thing for people to know is that there's just a serious disconnection and communication between the frontal cortex. So we've talked about that. That's your logic decision maker. It's also where you hold your beliefs, your values, um, and another part of the brain known as the ventral striatum. Um, OCD interrupts the communication between those two parts of the brain. So a brain with OCD cannot connect to logic very well which makes therapies like cognitive behavioral therapy, which focuses on changing your thoughts and your behaviors, terrible for OCD because it can't connect to that logic of changing your thoughts. It's just repeated obsessions and and compulsions over and over again. Um, And so a big thing to recognize here is that because of this um, interruption in communication, OCD is called egotistonic, very fancy very word. Very fancy word. Ego dystonic. So like ego self dystonic opposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it attacks your values and what you long for and what matters to you in life, who matters to you in life. Like that is what it attacks and those things are stored in your frontal cortex as well. So that's what's going on in the brain. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for explaining all of that. I feel like a lot of times it's easier to understand the diagnosis when you kind of know the behind the scenes of like mm-hmm. what all is happening. So thank you so much for that mm-hmm. explanation. That's a big reason we want to share all this with you guys so that you have an increased grace for people who mm. in your life who may be dealing with this and understanding and a grace that you may not have had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big passion. Grace, are you ready to jump into your story mm-hmm. and share your Oof. journey with OCD? Well, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little nervous, um, and I'm telling you guys that because I think it's important for you to know that, because mm-hmm. it is hard to share our stories, but it is important to share our stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for being brave. And That's it's okay. Great. It's okay to be nervous, and it's human to be nervous, mm-hmm. too. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes. So, I've shared a little bit about, you know, how I have had this diagnosis of OCD, and it's been a learning journey for me ever since 2020 but I'm going to dive into it now. So in the beginning of 2020, I was just tormented with um, thoughts and compulsions, and I knew they were quote-unquote crazy, um, but they felt so real. Um, And if I had been hearing any of this stuff from a client, I would have just like easily called it out as OCD. Mm. (laughs) But for myself, and even with my background as a therapist and my education, I thought these were because of something that was wrong with me, something that was wrong with me spiritually more than anything and that they were a part of me like I thought I was a monster Mm. um so it started because after Christmas in 2019 my husband and I were more seriously talking about having kids and like we're just kind of dreaming like what would that be like you know normal stuff Mm -hmm. for a couple to do um but several days later I started having the worst intrusive thoughts and mostly revolving around harm Um, the what-ifs of how I could possibly harm 
um, our future kids, and that mm. just never, ever went away. Had you had intrusive thoughts about your children before that point? Mm-hmm. You had, okay. Absolutely. So prior to this, ever since I was 19, 20 years old, that's when I can really see it, like, full-fledged starting. Mm-hmm. I remember periods of time where if I had read terrible news headline or if I saw something scary in um, a movie, like a darker scene or something crude popped up um, on a TV show, I'd be hit with lots of scary, uncontrollable thoughts, visuals. Um, But eventually they would go away. Um, I'd hang out with friends or I'd do something and just kind of like breathe. And I'd be like, no, you wouldn't do that. You love people. You love God. You're good. which is true, but I was rationalizing my thoughts. And for a long time that worked because I noticed they would go away. Mm-hmm. And I did exercise a lot during my like young adult, even though I'm 27, I say my younger adult <laughs> um, times. I ran a lot and I think that warded off a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, and at 19 and 20, I also really wrestled with feeling like I wasn't in God's will. Mm-hmm which started a little bit before dating my now husband and deciding to go to college to become a therapist. Months before we started dating, I spent hours asking friends and family about God's will. I didn't have any feelings of peace because I didn't believe I was in God's will. If I dated Derek and became a therapist, I didn't have any Mm -hmm. peace and felt anxiety in my gut stomach area, which is normal for Mm -hmm. people with OCD. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought that meant something spiritual Um, But because I had a lot of godly friends in my life, um, they kept helping me and they kept reassuring me that it was okay for me to move forward. Um, And every time I was with Derek, I was fine. Like, I didn't really have obsessions. It was just any time I was on my own or especially any time I heard a sermon about surrender or people asked us about our future, I was, like, plagued with these, like, religious obsessions and feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, But I stopped talking about it with people like when we started dating I stopped talking about it because I didn't know how people were going to respond I knew that this felt crazy I knew this wasn't logical um and in youth group and church I was always the like leader Mm -hmm. um I was always the person that people went to to Mm -hmm. talk about stuff and like get help and like pray through things and point to Jesus um and I loved being able to do that but in some way, I took on that role and, like, just mm. I kept everything to myself because I, I didn't feel like a leader should mm-hmm. have this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept pursuing God and I kept doing church things, but I always felt like such an imposter for the longest time. Like, you're not really in God's will, so what are you even doing? Like, mm-hmm. why are you even mm-hmm. here? Um, just a lot of torment. Just felt like a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Somehow I kept going to school and I loved it and I kept dating Derek and feeling so much healing and redemption being around him and his family. Um, We got married, but I still had thoughts about God's will. Um, They weren't as loud and I could easily ignore or rationalize them. But then I started having more scary thoughts, um, just like I mentioned earlier. Uh, One time we watched a documentary on O.J. Simpson. (laughs) It was not good for me. Um, And I was filled with dread that I would kill Derek while I was sleeping. Mm. Um, I tried to hide our knives, or I thought about hiding our knives at one point, but I didn't um, because then I'd have to explain that to Derek, and at this point I still hadn't said anything to him. Mm. Um, And eventually those thoughts went away, but I was was terrified. 
Wow. Grace, would you be okay sharing some of the specific intrusive thoughts that you've had? Yeah, and, and that's scary. Um, but stabbing um, mm -hmm. is a really scary one. Um, anytime around guns, like I, I hate that. Mm -hmm. um, but I do it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because like, if I lose control and just, you know, went off, um, those are those are like the specific like harm things, mm -hmm. especially as we're talking about what I experienced with Derek. Um, it was always f with that. It was always centered around knives mm -hmm. because the the documentary um, and what happened with O.J. Simpson and his wife. Okay. So my brain really latched on to that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's some of the specifics. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, by December 2019 and going into 2020, the thoughts didn't go away, like I mentioned. And I have no idea how I was even uh, a functional human at that stage. I don't know how I did my job. Thankfully, I didn't have a ton of clients around that time. And I think just getting through that was by the grace of God. I slept a lot, um, but that was hard because with OCD, your themes can manifest in your dreams. Oh, man. Oh, wow. So there's no rest ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. You get afraid of sleeping, but you also don't want to be awake. Mm hmm And when it's at its worst. Um, Sounds like torture. Yes. Yeah. yeah mental torture. Um, when I got home, I would watch as much TV. I filled every waking moment I could with noise and distraction because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in my thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, I avoided friends and family because avoidance is a compulsion. Um, and on the outside, I seemed fine and normal, like that um, metal anchor mm -hmm. uh, that no one could see. Um, but I know I'm, in working with you and, and yeah. being with you, I had no idea. Yeah, and so I didn't want really anyone true. to like, know. Yeah. Because like, I, again, still thought this was spiritual. <laughs> sure. And if someone was coming to me, I'd be like, no. Right. But right. it's but for so hard, especially when it's your mental illness. It's hard for us to see any of our own stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when it's a mental illness, it's even so much harder. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so, uh, you know, on the inside, I was in agony and I couldn't eat much. I prayed so hard that God would take the thoughts away. Mm -hmm. And that when he didn't, I was convinced that it was because I missed God's will for my life. Wow. So it went back to that religious obsession. Um, that I didn't follow the path, and this was the result. My thoughts were so distorted that at one point I thought I had to leave Derek. Um, that's really hard to say. Mm -hmm. I thought I had to move to a missionary base wow. <laughs> to be in God's will. I don't know why. That is what my brain latches onto as surrender and being in God's will as being a missionary. I don't know why but that's where it went. Mm -hmm. um, I knew that wasn't logical, and I know it's against my values. Um, and Derek could tell, and from there we had a lot of moments of me crying into his arms, just kind of saying things that he didn't understand. Um, he had no idea what was actually going on. I had a lot of guilt and anxiety around not telling him, but I also had guilt and anxiety about telling him. Because mm -hmm. how do you tell your spouse these things? Yeah. Um, so I just couldn't bring myself to tell him until I couldn't keep it in anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. I just couldn't, and I'm glad I couldn't. Um, I was helping my mom out with her job, and I just, I looked awful. She just looked at me, and she said, you're not okay. And oh. she didn't even ask. She just said, you're not okay. And I burst into tears and told her everything, and she prayed some meaningful things over me. Um, and it was a very 
redemptive time for me with her. She told me to go talk to Derek, um, and I did. And we've had a lot of redemptive moments since then, um, just where God has really healed things in our relationship. So that's really cool. With you and your mom. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. With me and my mom specifically. Well, that's great. Yeah. Um, and so she told me to go talk to Derek, and I did. It was March 6, 2020. I remember exactly where we were sitting. I remember exactly what we were wearing. Mm. Um, and I told him everything through so much tears and shame. And he just held me and cried with me. Um, and then he said the sweetest words that I've often gone back to a lot since then. And I've shared with a lot of people. Uh, Grace, God doesn't play games. None of this is God. And mm. it was just like a weight oh, lifted. That's wonderful. Wow. What a great yeah. husband. Oh, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm so blessed by him. He didn't judge me or shame me or get scared. Um, he just he just said that so boldly. Um and yeah, that weight lifted. And since then, I've done lots of therapy, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. experienced a ton of spiritual healing. I did RTF, restoring the foundations here. Uh, but I also did a lot of, you know, psychological mm-hmm. healing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really worked on distortions I have about God. Um, a couple weeks after March 6th is when the lockdown <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I know it sucked oh. for everyone, but it was so good for me. Oh, um, it was good. It was good. Oh, that's okay. great. Because I, I had... I didn't know if a pandemic would... No, it... Wow. It was time to reset and regroup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to worry about anybody else. You could just, like... I was home in my home. You had to be <laughs> right. in your house. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and it was really good for me. Um, it's still hard. The thoughts are still present. They don't leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're way less now, two years later. Um, the thoughts are subdued and quieter. Um, I still have compulsions, but they're less as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have lots of good days. I really do. I'm not just trying to say that to like make you guys feel better or make anyone else feel better about my story. I really do have lots of good days. I have hard days, but mm-hmm. I have good days. Um, and as I look back on my life, I see how OCD was always there. Like, but when I was 25 is when it became the loudest, scariest. I still struggle to see my thoughts as a disorder and not me being disobedient to God and or me being a monster. Like, when I was thinking about writing my story for this episode, I kept having thoughts of, like, well, you're just trying to justify your disobedience with oh, a disorder. And just terrible gut feelings that have come with that. But I've since learned that I cannot trust my, my anxiety feelings. They're not an indicator of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um... And that's the emotional dysregulation and interruption of communication that my brain and body has. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't trust that anymore, but that still pops up. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's honestly a quote that I wish I could, like, put on Instagram somewhere. What you just said about, like, I can't trust my gut feeling as, like, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of, I've heard that a lot, too, like, if you're praying about something and you feel anxious in your gut about it, that's a good indication and it's the Holy Spirit. And that can be. For for some people, that can be. But not with people with anxiety. But it's not a sweeping yeah. declaration. Mm-hmm. Not everybody. If, you have ang- if you're anxious about it in your gut, it's mm-hmm. probably a no. Like, the, it's the Holy well, Spirit and what is God's will, actually? Is right. it doing all these things and selling all your possessions and being a missionary? Mm-hmm. Or is it what God's put on your heart and acting out in faith with that? Mm-hmm. And, like, being a therapist and marrying Tarek were, like, things that were really valuable to me. Mm-hmm. And I know that 
I was meant to be a therapist. I mm-hmm. heard that very early on in my life. Yeah. Um, and so I just, these things really attacked it. And then is, is oh, I'm getting more into God's will, but God's will being more of the relationship with mm. him and wanting closeness with him and pursuing closeness with him. And then yes. any sort of life action or life decision, you can choose out of that. And God will Amen. direct. You know, there are things that God directs about for sure. Yeah. But as far as like really um, uh, getting focused on God's will, yeah. look for the relationship and then the action will come out of that. The biggest thing, I love what you just said. The biggest thing that I have just had to center myself with is be still and know that I am God. Mm. It's not compulsive. It's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. It's being known by God. Um, and out of that flows so much. And yeah. my relationship with God has become so much clearer and more authentic. Um, and I am so much more authentic with him than ever, even though I, before this stuff hit, I was too. I was yeah. trying, but it was so distorted and tainted still. Um, and this is just, yeah, I have such a clear vision of God, mm-hmm. much more than when I before I started this journey. I have had people tell me, that this disorder will go away or that God will take this away. Mm-hmm. I love those people, but mm-hmm. I have, and I believe that God can, like I'm mm-hmm. not saying he can't, yeah, he can. um, but I've come to wrestle this, wrestle with this being a part of my life. And um, in the sweet words of Betty Metzler, you guys know Betty. Many of you probably know Betty here too. She just retired, but she was a, a counselor here. Um, she said, it's not your identity. It's just part of your brain. Mm. I have the tools. Oh, it does sound like Betty. I know. I can hear her saying I that. I know. She even gave me a book it's about that. It's just part of your brain. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I tell other people, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I have the tools, and I know how to fight it, and I'm a much more effective, for my, a much more effective therapist for my clients who have mm-hmm. OCD. I've gotten more and more clients that have OCD, which is just crazy. Mm-hmm. And it just proves to me that God doesn't waste anything. Exactly. And I know this story is a long description. Um and um, you guys have been patient in hearing it all. Um, thank you so much for listening to it. But that is the story of someone figuring out a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. It's usually long and drawn out and confusing and complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even go into everything, so you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's and it's not my only diagnosis. Mm-hmm. My brain's a party sometimes. <laughs> but that's the one we're talking you about are today. A party, Grace. I am a party. <laughs> And I want, if you are hearing this story and you have OCD or you're going through something or maybe you think you have this, obviously talk to someone about it. Mm -hmm. Talk to a professional. But I want you to know that you're normal and you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's my biggest hope in sharing my long, detailed story. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's incredibly valuable. Um, I hope everyone listening got to benefit from that as well mm-hmm. if I may ask a question yeah would you mind sharing um, the impact of talking to a counselor that's like <sighs> good at working with you yes on this yes. Cause I know that you've seen both <laughs> <laughs> I've had some bad experiences and I've had really great experiences um, my therapist um, really helped me unpack I think the like narrative part of how this developed for me um, and my story with it and just a lot of the underlying beliefs and challenging that 
Um, and then she did her own research because she wasn't like certified in OCD, mm-hmm. but she was willing to like do her own research and she sent my podcast stuff too. That's the key of a good therapist. Mm-hmm. She's willing to do homework to make sure she can help you. Absolutely. Yeah. And just having a space where she didn't judge me mm-hmm. and was actively listening Wonderful. and curious um, just normalized a lot of things for me. Um, and then she challenged me on stuff like to do on my own and mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, so she was definitely, like, hearing and, and supportive and not judging me, but also challenging me to work on my stuff. So Love that. Yeah. So how do you, kind of on this side of it now, how do you handle your intrusive thoughts? Mm-hmm. Like, before you would be more consumed by them, maybe, and, and it would just be a, I don't know, a mental flood, maybe? Yeah, flooded. Um, but how do you work with it now, mentally? Well. Like, what happens when you have a thought? Should we go into treatment and resources? We can. Yeah. Um, so I already said therapy. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, guys. We're therapists. <laughs> That's the answer to everything. We're always going to say this. see a therapist. I say see a specialist, even though I didn't, but she was willing to learn. So that's that mm-hmm. was important. Um, there's an organization called No OCD. Um, it's N-O-C-D, so, but it's a play on words. Oh, N-O-C-D. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um they're all online so you can do telehealth with them um and they work with a lot of insurances but they specifically work with ocd and they give you a ton of resources um so do that um but as far as dealing with your intrusive thoughts and working on that like you asked wendy Mm -hmm. i have had to learn how to accept my thoughts okay i do not engage with them Mm -hmm. i do not analyze them um, I do not rationalize them like I used to. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I wouldn't do that. No, don't think about that. You don't fight it. I do not fight them. Yeah. It's um, the visual of like a Chinese finger trap toy. Have you ever seen oh, that? Oh, yeah. So if you don't know what we're talking sure. about, it's like this little wicker toy that you put on your, your fingers. Uh, it was popular in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you fight it so much. If you, you try to pull your fingers out. Mm-hmm, you get stuck, right? Yeah. So the idea here is just accepting your thoughts, kind of releasing any tension, and you actually get more unstuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that process, whether it be through like accepting my thought, like, okay, maybe I do that, maybe I won't. Okay, well, I'm fine with that thought. Mm-hmm. Or um, some like humor, like, okay, thank you, brain, for telling me one more thing that I don't want to do today. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Right. So I use that a lot, actually. Thank you. I wish you could see her face right now. (laughs) Thank you, Brain, for telling me one more thing. That's another way that I kind of accept my thoughts. And I've learned that from other resources and people. um, Mm -hmm. And I teach that a lot. The acronym that I teach my clients that I use is acceptance of your thoughts, humor with your thoughts, find some humor, and authority. I'm not going to be bullied by that today. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I'm going to do the things that I want to do no matter my thoughts. Yeah. Mm. Um, so author- acceptance, humor, authority spells aha. 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 So kind of like seeing your brain as like separating your OCD brain from your personal brain. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, that's my OCD brain. Yeah. That's not cool. me. That's not like, my values. That's you're allowed to think whatever you want. Yep continue i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing and i'll continue men okay what you literally just described is detachment of thoughts Mm -hmm. and that's so important with anxiety and anxiety disorders Mm -hmm. so 
um, instead of trying to make meaning out of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I don't I don't make meaning out of all my weird, crazy thoughts. Good. Because um, there is no meaning. Mm -mm. Right. Well, you have about fifty to 60,000 thoughts a day. That's terrifying. Right? <laughs> Most of it's like, move arm, yeah. go do this chore. Yeah. Like, you're not mm -hmm. really conscious of thinking about yeah. all these thoughts, but you're bound to have w one weird thought that pops into yeah. your head, and you can't control that. You just yeah. control what you do with the thoughts. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's how I work with them. I would also say treating yourself well is a mm -hmm. need um, in anything, especially exercising and eating right. Limit caffeine and sugar. That's not just like a nice thing that I'm telling you. I mean mm -hmm. it. Caffeine is just terrible for OCD. Um, and I won't go into all the neuroscience of why. And sugar well, That kind of makes terrible. sense, though, because sugar and caffeine are both stimulants. So mm -hmm. it's going to stimulate the brain. And yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and exercise, you, you need that. You are not just a brain. You are a body. And you need that. Um, get out of your head a little bit. So the biggest thing is to do exposure and response prevention therapy, ERP therapy. It's similar to exposure therapy, just exposing yourself to your triggers instead of avoiding them. Mm -hmm. um, but the goal... So not hiding the knives. Not hiding the yeah. knives. Don't do that if yeah. you're afraid of stabbing someone. Don't Because hide you the know knives. that you're not going to actually stab someone. Mm -hmm. It's the compulsion. Yeah. And if you hide it, then you're just trying to fight you're it. Avoiding. You're fighting it and avoiding it. Yeah. And you're trying to engage with the thought and you're yeah. being bullied by your compulsion then. Yeah. So okay. ultimately you're getting rid of your compulsions here. Um, you're trying to. Uh, so delay your compulsions, you know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, or like look at knives for 10, 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, flood yourself with as much as anxiety as you can. This is so hard. <laughs> I feel bad for anyone who's Aww. like, I can't do that. I didn't feel like I could do it too. But that's the response prevention part. I can feel this much anxiety and I'll be okay. Like, mm. I can do this. Mm -hmm. Kind of proving to yourself that you can be around knives and you're not going to act on your... You so might you're have like, thoughts you have that, that you proof. hate. You can't get rid of the yeah. thoughts, but you don't have to be bullied by your compulsions. And then yeah. eventually your thoughts will be quieter, less. Mm -hmm. They'll still be there. Because you're proving to yourself and to your brain that mm -hmm. this is OCD thought, not mm -hmm. real life thought. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Good. You're letting your values and your, your logic get stronger and win, mm -hmm. really. And don't avoid life. Just challenge as much as you can. Um, be gentle and kind with yourself. I will always say that about every every single thing with mental health. Jesus and OCD is a great resource. It's a workbook. Um, it's one of the only kind that I've ever seen. Um, it's thin, but it is a lot to go through. And it really breaks down um, OCD for a Christian. Do you know who that one's by? Oh, man, I don't. He's a pastor somewhere, though, and he has OCD. Um, but he references a lot of great resources and stuff. I will make sure to put it in the links. Yeah. Um, I think I maybe found it. Let me see if... Yeah? Is it Charles Thompson? That sounds familiar. Yep, that's the book. Okay, Charles, Charles Thompson, Thompson. Jesus yeah. and OCD, a Christian workbook for overcoming obsessive-compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. I I really bald reading that the first time mm. um and i still work through it at least like once a quarter i'm like looking at it again and like checking in with myself um podcast references and resources um there's a podcast called ocd recovery by Allie Graymond. we'll link that now she's a life coach 
but she had OCD and works with it, so she's not a therapist. I'd say take everything she says with a grain of salt because she says that you can get rid of your disorder. I don't know if I fully buy that. Mm -hmm. um, it would be great, but I love some of the tools and things that she says. I benefited from her a lot. Um, the next one, next podcast is the OCD and Anxiety Show by Matt Cody. Cody. It's C-O-D-D-E. Um, he's great. Very educational and gives you a lot of tools. Um, and then the one, this one is more of like a story, and I loved this one, but it's called the So OCD Podcast by Wendy Nunnery. Um, and she talks mm -hmm. about her story with OCD. Um, and she is an author, she's a writer, so she is more narrative-based, mm -hmm. um, and that's really cool. For fun, um, <laughs> quote, unquote fun, I like listening to <laughs> rapper's NF story and his songs about OCD. Um, the Search and Leave Me Alone are really great songs where he references his OCD. So another resource is Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. It's a book. You can read that. I, I like cried reading this because, again, some of the things just sounded very familiar. Now her themes are different than mine, but it was, it was still the same um, way that OCD works. Um, it's hmm. not creative in how it works. It just There's a lot of themes. Is that a fiction book? Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's a fiction book. I was like, turtles book. all the way down. I'm trying to, like, process that title. Like, why would that be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how is that related to OCD? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so it's a fiction book about, like, someone's story, someone's journey with mm -hmm. OCD. And yeah. it's actually a very entertaining book because it's not all about her disorder. It's about, like, a mm -hmm. mystery that's going on. But, okay. yeah, it's just, it was really cool. It's a lot of, like, resources and... Um, treatments for you guys. Um, Grace, how how have you combined Jesus with your OCD? And like, can you talk a little bit more about the spiritual obsessions, the religious obsessions, and where you're at with that now? Mm -hmm. Like how you, yeah, yeah, how you work with that? Can you go into that a little bit more? I'm not entirely sure how to answer that. I think what I would just go back to is I don't trust my gut feelings mm -hmm. and my scary thoughts anymore. Like, how do you? But how do you relate to Jesus differently now than what you did before you worked through? I have a lot of um, prayers where I say, "I believe, help my unbelief." Okay. I it's similar to that like acceptance I talked about earlier, like coming to him I still have scary thoughts and mm -hmm. I still have um like are you really allowed to come to God if you're not in his will like I still mm -hmm. have that um but I'll I'll start with just like acceptance of like I believe help my unbelief um and then from that it can kind of dissipate a little more quickly mm -hmm. um okay. so I I go to him and I relate to him as grace um, and not as someone who's filled with obsessions and anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, so detaching from my OCD has helped me to get to who I am and who God is and being known by God and knowing God. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that really answers your question. Kind of. I was just thinking that with other compulsions, like compulsive thoughts, intrusive thoughts of stabbing someone like what if I stab someone that one's a little bit easier to prove wrong than a religious oh yeah the religious things can be hard 
Um, and so I would imagine that like relating to Jesus could be harder than proving like I've never stabbed someone. Like that's very obvious. (laughs) That's a very concrete thing. Like I, it can be, but that gets into rationalizing too much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you might believe like with OCD, you might start to believe, I think I actually did. Okay. Gotcha. It get, OCD goes from, how could I do this thing? How could I think about this thing to, oh, how did I do this thing? Even though there's Uh, no proof and you didn't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So maybe I was thinking about it differently then because I was like, that sort of compulsion is a little bit more black and white than right. the religious compulsion. Like there's, well, there's not as much physical evidence. Yeah. It does get like really that. hard because, you know, there's different denominations of what they believe about God. Yeah. There's different teachings about what they believe about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And about who you should be, mm-hmm. quote, should be on this earth and yep relationship with the lord um and it gets really tedious to like unpack that and sort through that but i have to like i have to be really intentional okay about okay that sounds like spiritual bypassing we've talked about that Mm -hmm. um that's not you know what's helpful for me that might be helpful for someone else Mm. that's never been helpful for me and knowing god and he knows that Mm -hmm. um Mm. oh that's cool yeah he knows that he knows that and he knows my brain yeah and he doesn't play games Mm-hmm. That I go back to that a lot. Like mm-hmm. God's not playing games with me. If I have a thought that it makes me scared, urgent, frustrated, um, like unhealthily frustrated, and avoiding God, I know that it's not Him in His voice. Mm-hmm. If I have a thought that's uh, re- like peaceful, stilling, um, like convicting, but in like a like a kind mm-hmm. Father way, mm-hmm. um, a loving way, right. Um, I know that that's God. So I have to, like, weigh it out a little bit. Okay. Um, and so, again, kind of detaching. Yes. And looking at, like, yeah, and more detached from your OCD brain. Has it gotten easier, like, doing that in the moment, has it gotten easier and quicker mm-hmm. over the last two years? Mm-hmm. Especially this past, like, year, I think it's gotten a lot easier. Okay. It yeah. doesn't take as long to detach and to separate and I'm the OCD thought versus the real thought. And I'm not asking Derek for any, like, reassurance so yeah, it's yeah. gotten a lot easier, um, and and I don't know if this is really like concrete and like linear <laughs> how I'm explaining it to you guys, but it's honestly it's just not. Mm-hmm. It's quite a process. So, Grace, especially I want to ask you especially, but how can we or how can those listening love someone, help someone, accept someone in their life who might be dealing with OCD? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah. <laughs> this can be really hard with you, if your spouse or a loved one has OCD. Um, I have loved when people tell me they're doing their own research on it. That means the world to me because then they kind of get it and they understand. And I feel really seen when people do that. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of them just thinking that I like to like clean a lot and I organize a lot or that I have to like fix frames if they're out Mm -hmm. of place like that's not really me that's not what I do Mm -hmm. Um, that's only one piece right and that's what the media like hops on and that's why people don't know it's OCD for years because Mm -hmm. they think that's all it is it's just Mm -hmm. organizing tidy neatness yeah and that's why people say so OCD Mm -hmm. um, as like an adjective so that goes into the next one try your best not to stereotype OCD as perfectionism or personality trait Um, that one I know is hard 
um, but try your best. And I also really, I don't get, I try not to get as offended as I once did when I was first going through this. When people mm. say stuff like OCD or they, they say stuff that's hurtful, um, I understand. Um, and I really, I'm not, I would never try to put someone down when they say that. Um, I want to release people, but at the same time know that that's really hard for a person to hear if they have OCD. Mm-hmm. Um, don't shy away from asking them questions. Um, honestly, when people ask me questions, I feel like so free. So I think nothing feels more shameful than feeling like you can't talk about it or that you make people uncomfortable by talking about it. Um, so ask them questions. Mm-hmm. And big one, realize it's not your job to fix them. Um, doing things for them or offering solutions may just be giving them reassurance and that's not good you're enabling them mm-hmm. so try your best not to enable them and take care of yourself too have your boundaries have your limits um and take care of yourself as well awesome. yeah grace thank you so so much for having the courage the rawness and the honesty to share your story and share your struggles with the world <laughs> and mm-hmm. putting it out there i know it was um, I know it was kind of scary for you, but mm-hmm. I know for a fact that sharing this, bringing awareness to our listeners and just being real and honest, that's some of the most healing thing that can happen. And maybe someone listening has been experiencing exactly what you have been and had no idea what to do with it, had no idea where to start. And this could be the start of their healing journey. Or maybe someone listening has a friend or a loved one who they're starting to put the pieces together now, like, oh, maybe this is something that mm-hmm. might be going on with them. And I really do think that sharing stories and being vulnerable can bring so much healing. So yeah, I am so proud of you, first of all, for going through your own healing and facing your stuff Thank you. and facing your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then being willing to share it and, and display it for the world mm. and allow other people to perhaps seek healing because of your journey and because of what you have been going through. So um, I know that I kind of thought of that, like Paul had the thorn in his side that God did not remove. And that kind of came back to mind, like, yes, God can heal your OCD in an instant, but Mm -hmm. he could be doing so much through your OCD to minister to so many more people that, um, might not be loved or might not be understood. Oh, I'm so anxious and avoiding life too. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing I see with this is just so much life missed out on and so much of their values and longings missed out on. And I think as much as I hate this and I would love for it to go away, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I've come to see how God uses it for my clients, but just outside of that, even for like our youth group students. And I've just heard God say again and again, set my people free Mm. and I don't know exactly if that means anxiety or OCD but I have watched freedom in other people with the things that I have learned and been able to teach other people so it's so rewarding Mm -hmm. and even if sharing your OCD story doesn't speak to someone with OCD being vulnerable and taking a step outside of your comfort zone and sharing this could speak to someone who's dealing with something else. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if she can share this, maybe I can share it with my spouse or my yeah. friend or my therapist. Yeah, that's so. only when healing started for me is when I did. Yeah. Because I kept it all to myself for a long time, a long, unnecessary long time. Yeah. And that is when healing started, and that was obedience to God. 
is sharing my story and being supported with other by other people. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much again, Grace. Um, guys, we are going to actually, we're working on setting up another guest to have on um, who's going to share their story with OCD as well. Um, and that might look similar to Grace's, it might look different, um, but we're really excited to have him on at some point and yeah, hear his story and yeah. have him share with you guys too. So just further normalize things, just mm-hmm. share another story. That's what life's about. Yeah. I also want you guys to remember that OCD can be a terrible hellish disorder, but it's not an impossible end of the world disorder. Just like living with a heart condition, there are ways that this disorder impacts someone and there is recovery management and hope. There is, there is, always some sort of hope Mm -hmm. and if you're struggling with OCD or know someone who is um, it's not the end of the rope it's not the end of the world we want you to get help we want you to talk to people Um, feel free to engage with us on Mm -hmm. you know email Instagram at the whole mind podcast at gmail.com that's email Instagram (laughs) at the whole mind podcast Um, engage with us and talk with us ask us questions you know if this goes to anything that we talk about, but ask us questions, like respond to us. Um, mm-hmm. and we can, if necessary, we can help you get connected with a therapist. Oh yeah. We've and got resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So please feel free to engage with us and, and there's hope and talk with us and know that, uh, you're not alone mm-hmm. no matter what you're dealing with, whether it's OCD or something else, you're not alone mm-hmm. and we want to hear from you. Yes. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you benefited in some way or form. Um, And we'll definitely talk to you and bring more stuff to you next time we get together. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.